Welcome to Sophisticated Mom, and I'm your host, Dr. Sophia, the creator of the Christian lifestyle blog, SophisticatedMom.com. I will break down faith-based advice and make it applicable and relatable to help you on your journey on this thing we call life. You'll learn everything you need to know on how to become the master of your own destiny. In this post, I want to give you a few lessons by pointing out some key single women in the Bible that I know each and every single woman needs to learn from. As a single woman, I know it can be daunting being single and you may even feel like God has forgotten about you. But all of that stops today because through following single women in the Bible, I plan to show you exactly how God has a history of matchmaking and looking out for the best interests of single women. So read and listen to the story of these women and most of all learn from them and what worked for them can also work for you. So you ready? Let's get into it. The first is Esther. The book of Esther is one of my favorite books in the Bible. It is such a short book, but it is packed with so many lessons that single women can learn from. I actually already covered Esther in a separate blog post, which you can click the link down below to read. But there are more lessons that I want to outline with Esther specifically for single women. Also, I have a video on Esther that you can watch below for more lessons. But for now, consider the following. Esther gained favor with all of those who saw her. Now, the king was attracted to Esther more than any of the other women, and she won his favor and approval more than any of the other virgins, so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Esther 2.17 And Esther won favor in everyone who saw her. Esther 2.15 Queen Esther was not fake, backstabbing, conniving, rude, or cold-hearted. She was a woman who people loved to be around, and for that the king chose her. Choose to be favored and have a good reputation over a bad one. The key lessons from Esther are that you never know who's watching you. You never know if those people who are watching you will tell other people good things about you or will tell people how crazy you are. And other people's opinion of you could bring you a king, a promotion, a job, an opportunity, or it can have the adverse effects and make you lose out on all of the above. Esther went through beauty treatments for a whole year before she was eligible to be brought for the king. Before the young women's turn came to go to King Xerxes, she had to complete 12 months of beauty treatments prescribed for the women, 6 months with oil and myrrh, and 6 months with perfume and cosmetics. Esther 2.12 Can you imagine being in a palace knowing that the king is looking for a queen, but you have to wait a whole year minimum before you meet him? But oftentimes you may not be ready, and there's preparation that needs to be done. If you want a relationship, think to yourself, are you really ready? Check out my separate blog on if you're ready to be married, which you can click the link down below. Are there some skeletons in your closet that you need to get rid of? Or perhaps you need to address some neediness or jealousy types of issues, which I also have a blog on on how to get rid of your relationship baggage that you can click the link down below. But just like Esther had to go through beauty treatments to prepare herself for the king, there are some preparations you may need to go through before you meet your king as well. To sum up my point, I want to take an excerpt from my book specifically for Christian women, Fix It Jesus for Single Women Only. Before Esther became queen, she had to go through beauty treatments for a whole year to be exact. She may have seen the king walking around, knew that she was meant to be queen, or she may have been hidden from the king the whole time. We don't know. What we do know is that she was at the palace for 12 months before she had a chance to go before the king. She was getting beauty treatments and I am sure that the young ladies had classes on how to act according to royal protocol. Becoming queen was not an overnight process. Being queen was not something that she could just step into off of the street. It took preparation, it took training, and it took learning how to look and behave like a queen. The reason why I bring this up is because so many of you think that you are ready to be queen and to meet your king when really, like Esther, you are still like an orphan on the street. You do not know how to act like a queen, dress like a queen, or even speak like a queen. But yet, you want to be before the king when you're not even ready. 
Like Esther, your preparation may be a year. It may even be longer or it may be shorter. Therefore, don't resent the things that you are going through because it may be preparation for your king. You do not want to go before the king and not be ready because it may cause you to miss your chance to be queen. If you want to buy my book for single women, then you can click the link down below or the secondary link and you could get the first few chapters for free. Esther knew how to get her way. When Esther went before the king uninvited, thankfully her head did not get chopped off because that was a very real possibility of what could have occurred when she decided to go before the king unsummoned. All of the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner circle without being summoned, the king has but one law, that they be put to death unless the king extends his golden scepter to them and he spares their lives. But 30 days have passed since I was called before the king, Esther 4.11. One thing about Esther is that once she came before the king and he extended her golden scepter to her, therefore saving her life, Esther did not start making demands on the king right away. Instead, she fed him. That's right, she gave him a table full of food two nights in a row before asking for something. She did not begin screaming, nagging, and throwing temper tantrums. Women fail to realize that you can be nice and you can get your way and you don't have to nag a man to death. So the king and Haman went to Queen Esther's banquet and as they were drinking wine on the second day, the king asked, Queen Esther, what is your petition? It will be given unto you. What is your request? Even up to half of the kingdom, it will be granted. Esther 7, 1, 2. Below is another excerpt from my book for single women that talks about a woman being a leaky faucet. The point is that sometimes you need to know how to get your way without nagging all the time. One habit that women seem to have is that we talk too much and we never shut up. I am even guilty of it too. We talk, we scream, we nag, we keep on running at the mouth, trying any and everything to get our point across. We are a leaky faucet, or better yet, our voice is like a constant drip that is just drilling a hole in someone's head. A quarrelsome wife is as annoying as a constant dripping on a rainy day. Proverbs 27, 15. The second woman is the Samaritan woman. I have a whole blog that goes into the details of the Samaritan woman that you can click the link down below to read. For the sake of this post and what you can learn from her as a single woman, there are some things that I want you to consider. I also have an entire video on the Samaritan woman and how she was using men to replace God. So the first lesson is that she was looking for love in all the wrong places. Once again, to prove my point, I want to take an excerpt from my book for single women. I am convinced that the longing that most people feel for wanting to be complete is actually the longing for God, Psalm 63, 1. But instead of single women realizing this longing for God, they want to use actual men to fill that void. Take, for example, the Samaritan woman. He, Jesus, told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say that you have no husband. The fact is that you have had five husbands, and the man you have now is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. John 4, 16-18 The Samaritan woman was at the well by herself more than likely because all the other women did not want to be around her. This woman has had five husbands, and the man she was living with now, she was not married to. What was she looking for? Why would she put herself through the pain of so many marriages all for them not to work out? And why would she be with yet another man? The Samaritan woman was looking for someone to complete her because she felt incomplete and she thought that jumping from man to man would do it for her. It started with her being married and now she just settled for shacking up. After all, whoever she was with was a man and a man was better than nothing, right? Wrong. You have not been listening. Let's go to the next verse. If you knew the gift of God and who it was that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? John four ten through 11 
The poor woman was probably taking Jesus literally at this point. He, however, was not talking about regular water. Jesus was comparing the well water to everything that the woman had been thirsting for in life. Jesus was telling her that he is the water that she has been looking for, and he is the one that can complete her, and she did not need to go from man to man trying to look for something that cannot be found in a man. In case all of this is going over your head, there is a point here, I promise. You need to be complete on your own. You do not need for any man or person to be that one for you. And as long as you have God, then you have all that you need. I'm not telling you to be single forever, but understand that relationships should add on to who you are and what you already have and not be the sole source of your happiness. Don't be like the Samaritan woman jumping from man to man and husband to husband trying to fill a void that only God can fill. The last woman is Ruth. Ruth was full of pain. After her husband died, she followed her mother-in-law Naomi back to her homeland. There she would begin to work hard in the field. I am sure she looked like a hot mess while doing it. But even under these circumstances, she was noticed by Boaz, the owner of the field, which I have an entire breakdown of Ruth and Boaz in my video below. One will ask, what made Ruth go to that particular field? If she had gone to any other field to work, it was possible that she may not have found herself a new husband. She was a foreigner after all, and I am sure most men would not have given her a second look for this reason alone. But Boaz did. The main takeaway from Ruth is that no matter how hard your life is, you have to believe that God is in control. Here's another book excerpt from my book for single women. Ruth left her hometown of Moab to follow her mother-in-law, Naomi Ruth, was a widow with no children, and she had been around 40 years old. To top it all off, she was headed to Bethlehem to a land which she was not going to be the number one on the list to marry. She was not Jewish. She was a foreigner. She was a widow. She was over 40, and she had no children. If this is your situation, then don't feel bad. I feel more than anything, this story should give you hope that God has not forgotten about you, and no matter how single you are, there is still a Boaz for you yet. The lesson here is that you just have to go about doing what you're doing and doing what you have to do and not to feel sorry for yourself, which I have a separate blog post on. God may just be leading you down the hard path so that you can find your Boaz. If you know someone who may need to check out this post, then go ahead and share it with them.